Welcome to Monday Morning Homilist. I'm Father Manny Alvarez. And I'm Jorge Santibanez. Every Monday morning, we dive deeper into the previous Sunday's readings and homilies. And towards the end, we veer off to talk about life and definitely talk a little sports. Enjoy. morning happy monday hey it's monday hey okay i gotta ask did nine o'clock even count yesterday <laughs> nine o'clock just mass. be just be grateful it wasn't live streamed right <laughs> no explain to everyone what happened at nine o'clock mass yesterday um let's see we had we had about 150 pre-k three and four year olds uh because it was the pre-k three pre-k four family mass that many yeah it was it was i mean the the uh sanctuary was pretty full was full so you called them you called them up, and that's when the cringe started. No, I mean, for me, it wasn't cringe. I mean, it was, I no, was, for I was parents, happy. for every parent in the in the church going, oh, man, he called them up. <laughs> you, you have the right as parents to keep them with you. You know, I'm just saying. I'm Again, I am not in the views. I am not a parent. I just say, kids, come up. The thing so is that I, I had, had a, uh, So you had 100 plus. A lot of mostly three and, three and four-year-olds. Yeah, usually I don't have that many three and four-year-olds, yeah. so it's like very hard to carry a conversation when the three and four-year-olds can't be quiet for more than 30 seconds. So It was a deeply profound homily <laughs> that really fed me for the week ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let me keep my mouth shut. But this is why we're here. This is why we're here. I said it at the end of Mass. I go, if you really want, I know what I, I love what I said at the end of Mass. If you want an adult version of the homily, I'm like, wait, that, that doesn't right. Walk that doesn't that sound right. That, that doesn't sound right. That's two weeks in a row. You gotta, you gotta correct yourself in the middle of the homily. <laughs> yeah, the dress thing last week, yeah. and now the adult conversation. <laughs> uh, it was, uh, it was, it, no, but it was, it was great to see. Uh, it was great to see so many. Um, so many uh, kids up there, and, oh, for sure. and and so many parents bringing. And I told the parents, I I told the parents after mass, uh, listen, I don't care if they're rambunctious, I don't care if, if they drive you crazy, they don't drive me crazy, shouldn't drive the parishioners crazy. Keep bringing them to mass because that's well, how they find out. That's how, that's how they come, become accustomed to going to mass. Because that was me when I was a kid. I was rambunctious and I couldn't sit still. Imagine me, not you can't, can't sit still. You've been telling me all morning I'm going at 100 miles an hour. Uh, yep. So. Uh, yeah, it, it's important that they come to mass and having the kids up there. You know, so we had we had kids crawling around the sanctuary. Mm-hmm. We had kids climbing. We had over Eucharistic the, ministers stealing kids. Yeah, kids, you know, <laughs> passing them over the uh, over the altar, the altar rail. rail. We had a two year old playing the organ. Yeah. Uh, what else went? What else went? Could have possibly gone wrong there. <laughs> said, name said two year old is related to my co host. Um, so. No, he had it good was, form. Good form. Great form. He was. He had great posture at the organ. I, I noticed. So, but. It, it was wonderful. I mean, for me, the challenge was, okay, how do I explain the adulterous woman being caught in the act of the adult, adultery to a bunch of three and four-year-olds, which I did, and we went in another direction. But we got into it at 5 o'clock. I gave the adult version of my homily uh, at 5.30, not 5 o'clock, 5.30. And um, there's, a lot, there's a lot yesterday with, with, with the readings, a lot to, uh, to unpack because... You know, I kind of tied it into what I've been doing the last two weeks. You know, it's kind of like these three weeks of, of readings. You start off with the fig tree two weeks two weeks ago, three Sundays ago, when we had uh, the parable of the fig tree and God's patience with us. We talked about that. We talked, you know, the podcast, we talked about patience. We talked about confession. Last week, we obviously, we had the prodigal son. And, you know, I kind of compared the desperation of the prodigal son to the desperation of the adulterous woman. Because we don't know what must have been going through her mind. We could just only imagine that, okay, she's caught by the Jewish officials. Red-handed. Red, no, literally. So she, she, she gets, and then she's taken out. And by Mosaic law, she's supposed to be stoned. Now, I made the point that these guys were not interested in justice. They were not interested in, in rendering Mosaic justice. They were just interested in interested in trapping Jesus. So put yourself in the position of that woman. She thinks she's going to die. They have stones in their hands, ready to hurl them at her. She doesn't know what's going on between them and Jesus. Maybe she heard about Jesus. Maybe We don't know. Gospel doesn't fill us in on that. But I put myself in the desperation 
of that woman. And I compared her to the prodigal son because he was desperate. But the thing is, his desperation was only hunger. And yeah, hunger could lead you to death, but not imminent death as she was facing right there. So when Jesus says that he who has, has no sin casts the first stone and everybody disappears, now we're left with the woman and Jesus. She, you know, he asks her, who condemns you? And she looks around and she says, no one there, no one condemns me. He goes, neither do I. Go and sin no more. For us... Yeah, and what a powerful statement right is. there. You know, neither do I. And, yeah. that, and that's why I compared it to the prodigal son. The father of the prodigal son did not condemn his son. Even though his son had sinned like this woman, had lived a life of dissipation, had squandered the money on prostitutes, had done all, all these things. Yes, not adultery in the sense that this other woman was committing adultery, but it's still adultery sure. in, in, in the sense of the Sixth Commandment. Now, this woman is standing there with Jesus. And to hear those words, the father and the prodigal son, all he had to do was embrace his son. Jesus verbalizes this. For me, I equate it to when I hear the words of absolution in confession. It's liberating. You know, and every now and then, even though I don't say it as often as I probably should, it's not part of the ritual, I say, your sins have been forgiven, go in peace. You know, you, I, you know, I should say, your sins have been forgiven, go and sin no, no more. more. Yep. Because that's something that we sometimes forget. When we walk out of the confessional, we talked about this two weeks ago when we talked about purpose of amendment. When we walk out of the confessional, we should have, you know, the thought process or the resolution to sin no more. And that is what we pray, you know, that this woman did. Probably became a follower of Jesus. We don't know what happened. What I did mention at 530 Mass, it goes, this is not Mary Magdalene, because in so many dramas and, yeah. and, and adaptations, yeah, especially all together. In, yep. in The Passion of the Christ, mm-hmm. it's Mary Magdalene. I, I go, this is not Mary Magdalene. It is an, you know, it's just random adulterous woman that was caught in adultery, and they wanted to stone her just so they could trap Jesus. But the power of this is in the and the mercy that the Lord offers to this woman, the mercy that he offers to each and every one of us, that when we walk out of the confessional, we are not condemned. We hear those words, or a variation of those words. When we say, I absolve you of your sins, now go and sin no more. Go in peace, is what I usually say. Because when we go in peace, we go in the peace of knowing that we're liberated from our sins. And this woman was liberated from whatever it is that she was doing. There's, there's another detail uh, that I've always picked up on in, the, in this particular reading. You know, and it's, it's this sense that Jesus knows, and I don't, know if, I don't remember if it's in this reading or, or another, in one of the other Gospels, but Jesus, knowing what's in their hearts, you know, begins to write in the sand, begins to, draw on the, uh, to, to write on the floor. Yeah, and and it's this sense that he knew what they were up to. You know, he knew they were trying to trap him. He knew they weren't genuinely interested in justice, or or that they genuinely cared about what this woman had done. You know, they were just using her as as a prop in a game. You know, and knowing knowing what was in their heart, you know, began to draw in the sand. Which, correct me if I'm wrong, was basically like a sign of I'm not really I don't really care what you have to say. I'm I'm not I'm not going to give you. You know, I'm not. I'm not going to acknowledge, you know, what it is that you're saying to me. Yeah, you know, and and kind of translating that to, and this is what we've spoken about it in the past. You know, when, and what I tell the kids, you know, when you're going to confession, the Lord already knows what's in your heart. You know, the the power of the power of God is that He already knows what we bring. You know, He knows you know, if we're if we're sorry or if we're just pretending. You know, He knows. He knows us better than we know ourselves. And so that's why it's so important to, to have a good examination of conscience, to prepare for confession, to really go and make a good confession. Because you're not going to fool the Lord. You know, just like these, these guys weren't going to fool him because he knew full well that he was just trying to trap them. And that's why he flips the script on them. Right. And here's, here's something else that's curious, is that there really isn't 
an act of repentance on the part of the woman. And that's what, to, to emphasize the grandeur of God's mercy. You know, here she is, you know, about to be, you know, be killed, be executed. And I'm sure that if you would ask her, are you sorry for what you did? So you, yeah, she would have said yes, but Jesus doesn't even give her the opportunity. Who condemns you? That's all he asked her. Look around you. Where is everybody? Who's condemning you? No one. There's no one here. So neither do I condemn you. But that, that, that's the money line of, the, of that gospel. Mm-hmm. But to take it a step further and to, and to bring it to and to connect it to the other readings yesterday, Paul, in his letter to the Philippians, says, I consider everything a loss to the supreme knowledge of knowing Christ Jesus our Lord. Because when you know Jesus, everything else is rubbish. Everything else is meaningless. You know, we don't care, you know, we don't care about whether, you know, whether we eat or, you know, that's how the disciples lived their lives. You know, they would go out there and say, okay, somebody's going to eventually give us some, some, a cup of water or something to eat. That'll take care of itself. But the primary objective of preaching the gospel has to be first and foremost. Now, obviously, that's a powerful line, but for me, the line that always gets me is, you know, when, and Paul, at the end of the, the, the second reading yesterday, he's talking about, you know, I've taken hold of what Christ has given to me. I, fe- I am possessed by Christ. Brothers, I, for my part, do not consider myself to have taken possession. Just one thing, forgetting what lies behind, but straining forward to what lies ahead. Forgetting what lies behind, but straining forward to what lies ahead. And why is this so important, especially when it comes to St. Paul? See, Paul could not consider everything a loss, could not be an effective preacher, could not be the apostle that he was if he had not forgotten what he had been. And that's something that we sometimes miss when we walk out of the confessional. We cannot hold on to our sins. God does not. God doesn't keep score once we leave the confessional. He doesn't say, okay, you went to confession, but I'm going to keep this in my back pocket. No. He rips up that, that whatever sheet you bring or whatever it's written in the book of life, whatever it is, however you want to see it, however you want to frame it, he rips it up. No, (laughs) and I hope our names are written on it. Uh, But when we go to confession, it's forgotten in the mind of God. But we hold on to things we've done in the past. Did God really forgive me? Did you know? Did I confess this correctly? And that's where scruples sometimes sometimes come in. And we have to we have to convince ourselves Mm -hmm. that it's taken care of. Justice has been rendered. It has been satisfied. You know, we confessed our sins. We did what we were supposed to do as Catholics. We went to the sacrament. We availed ourselves of the grace of the sacrament. We received the grace of the sacrament. We, you know, we, we went, we, we did penance. And now, it's over. Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. We have to be like St. Paul, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. Because if we're stuck in the past, if we're stuck in thinking about, even though even if we don't commit those sins anymore, thinking about our old sins, thinking about what we did in the past, thinking about how horrible Christians we were when we were young, or whatever it is, we cannot be effective Christians today. We have to move forward and forget our sins. And I finished my homily at 5.30 by just asking this question. If God forgets our sins, why can't we? Why can't we? You know, that's, that's really the beauty of you know, having this reading leading right up to Holy Week, because we we literally walk through the entire Passion again. You know, and, and it's one of my favorite lines from John Paul II. You know, we are an Easter people, and Alleluia is our song. You know, we in in celebrating the entire Passion. You know, we, it it finishes with that exclamation mark on Easter Sunday that you know, Good Friday did not win. You know, Good Friday was not the final say. You know, it the story didn't end there. You know, we, we go through this through this suffering, we go through this loss, and that's not the end. You know, because we have 
Easter Sunday. We have the resurrection of the Lord. You know, so so in a sense, you're you're talking about us personally, you know, or Saint Paul forgetting what has been and, and looking to what will be, and that's Easter Sunday, you know, because yes, we remember Good Friday, but we know that's over. It's being conformed to the perfect man, which is Jesus Christ, the resurrected Christ. And that's what our goal is. It's to be like him and to, to hark on something on the, that was mentioned in the first reading from Isaiah, where God says, see, I make all things new. And see, this is what these last two weeks of Lent are about, my friends. It's God doing something new in each and every one of us. It's God doing something new in our hearts, but we're the ones that have to take the step. See, no one's going to drag us out of sin like they did in yesterday's gospel. No one's going to bring us and haul us before our Lord so we can repent. We have to take that step. This woman, you know, even though she was committing sin, how blessed was she that they brought her before the Lord? I mean, even though it was through wicked intentions, God took those wicked intentions and said, you know what, I'm going to make something new out of this. I'm going to make something beautiful and holy and hold this woman up, as we're talking about her 2,000 years later, hold this woman up as an example of my everlasting mercy, powerful, divine mercy. So we're hearing about this the week before Palm Sunday. And now that leads us into, right now, what the church calls Passion Tide, which is we're starting to, at least in the liturgy and in uh, the, the, the prayers of the church, mm-hmm. we're starting to meditate more, uh, more profoundly on what we're going to hear in the gospel this coming Sunday when we celebrate Palm Sunday of the Passion of the Lord, which is the full, the full version, yeah. the full title. <laughs> uh, Passion Tide is the last two weeks of Lent. It is uh, us being able to, like, okay, we're, we're about to meditate this great reality of what Jesus did for us to liberate us from sin, liberate us from the death that comes from sin. And so we have to prepare ourselves this week as we, as we look forward to Palm Sunday. And yeah, the, you know, everybody's, you know, can I gripe about Palm Sunday? Let's, Let's gripe. Go. We Let's didn't have it. this last year. Let's do it. I mean, no, I'm not griping about... I, I noticed we're, we're like two weeks short of our one-year anniversary no, of the podcast. We, I think we started the third Sunday the ni- of Easter. I, the 19th of April, I oh, think okay, it was. something like that. Um, so let's go. Let's let's talk Palm Sunday here. Palm Sunday... <laughs> when the church I, gives away something for free. Right. I'm not griping about, you know, the celebration of Palm Sunday. I, I, I gripe more about our attitude towards Palm Sunday. Okay, yes. If I want, I once got up... On the day after, on Holy Monday, and the day after Palm Sunday, I was at a parish that shall remain nameless. It wasn't my last parish, and the chaos that was present all day, people looking for palms. They stripped the altar bare. Oh no! <laughs> of the palms that were there, because apparently the thousands and thousands of palms that we gave were not were enough. Not enough. And so I was. I'm glad we have cameras on all our palm trees outside then. <laughs> like, I, like I care. But no, but that's not good enough because those palm trees aren't blessed. So I got up on Holy Monday and I was preaching on, on the gospel of the day and I was meditating upon the events of the previous day and I, and, I, and I said aloud, can you imagine, just imagine, and I wasn't the pastor, imagine if the pastor this year deci- next year decided, yeah, I'm not going to order palms. So we could concentrate on what's truly important. And, you know, I remember one time, and, and, and just it, a little bit after that, a, a little kid in the school said, oh, we have Arts and Crafts Sunday this, this week. I'm like, oh, my. Why? Because, you know, for teachers, it's nails on a chalkboard. The sound that makes my skin crawl is the tearing, yeah, the tearing of palms. On Palm Sunday, now forgive me because I'm guilty of that. Yeah, but because everybody, <laughs> everybody is, you know, and I make the little crosses. You make the little for the, for I'm the like, kids around us. I remember one. Well, not my own kids. I remember, <laughs> I remember like back in the '90s, my home parish decided to give them out 
on the way on the on the way out, which doesn't make any sense because we're commemorating the entrance of the Lord at yeah. the beginning. But it, it makes the church a lot tidier because the busiest day of cleaning for the church is the day after Palm yep. Sunday because there's there's palm residue all over the church. And if you have a church that has carpeting, and I've been in church with carpeting, oh, yeah. it destroys our vacuum cleaners. So it's the giving away of palms, it's the tearing of palms, it's the intense focus, a hyper focus on the palms, which distracts yep. from the central reality that well, there's two central realities that we celebrate that day is Jesus' entrance into Jerusalem, entering to die, yep. and then ultimately the reading of the Passion, where we you know, we start off the liturgy so, you know, so joyful, you know, Hosanna to the Son of David, you know, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna to the Son of David. And then, liter- you know, the priest gets to the altar, there's no penitential, right? There's no, nothing, he just says, let us pray, we do the prayer, we sit down, and then, boom, and then, shift change, uh, and then the change readings of, uh, change, and then said, then we hear, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Psalm 22. It's a very, very strong contrast. It's kind of I always say like the like a roller coaster of, of liturgies, because of that focus on the palms at the beginning, and then we shift towards the the, the passion. Right. I many a time before the passions, the reading of the passion starts, I said everyone, everyone, put your palms down, and let us listen to and meditate upon the central, you know, realities. Of our faith, which is the passion and death of our Lord, minus the resurrection that comes on Sunday. But we're hearing something that altered our lives. Now I know that it's long. I know we're standing for a long time. You know, we didn't have missalettes last year. You know, so people were were more yeah. were more with the palms. But you know, it is so important. You know, and I love the Holy Week liturgies. I love that. We, you know, they're so rich, they're so full of meaning, they're so full of detail, you know, there's so much symbolism, but, and that's the gripe that I have, is that the hyper-focus, and that could be cultural, because I'll tell you this, when I was in Northern Broward, I remember, I can encapsulate into this one little vignette. One day, it was my first year there, and I'm standing outside, and people are walking out without palms. And I'm saying, ma'am, you forgot your palms. No big deal, fine. Oh, I went to mass. I'm like, wow. whoa. <laughs> and, 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 and it's happened to me after, you know, that for whatever, if, if I've been in a place where they run out of palms, ah, it's no big deal. And I always say this. And I said it that Holy Monday when I was musing on, you know, when I said that. Imagine if the pastor didn't give palms on next year. And you could hear everybody going, <gasps> like the collective gasp. I go, don't worry. He's going to get palms. But here's what drives me nuts. You know, people come for something free. Yep. But like, so we give something of far greater, you know, depth. Every day. Multiple a, times a, a day. That is a far greater <laughs> treasure. Every single day. You don't have to wait till once a year to nope. Palm Sunday. We give the Eucharist. So if we eliminate the palms and only gave the Eucharist, what would happen? I, I literally asked the people that. You know, yes, you would probably set the church on fire because they didn't give you palms, but therein lies the problem. Yep. Okay, let me get off my soapbox here. <laughs> you, you, you take over. This could this riles me up. Was, over you. Yeah, we, we, you got the you got the animation going. In no, here. because I mean, we my obviously my first year here, we celebrated Palm Sunday during the pandemic and during lockdown, and I would have killed for having people drive me crazy yeah. about the palms that yeah. day. And and I, this is going to be your fo- your first like full. No, fled. I mean last year. I mean we were we we were pretty. Pr- we were pretty. Yeah, full. but we were still like it wasn't full no, capacity. We, we were we were we were okay. It wasn't full capacity, but we it was okay. And and God bless my parishioners, and you know they they were fine. You know, it's it's focusing on what is truly important. That's what Christ does in the gospel. Today. He focuses on not the idiocy of of those who brought the woman before him. He focuses on what was truly important. The redemption of this woman. And this Sunday, we're focused on, you know, we're, we're called to focus on what is truly important, which is our redemption and the story of our redemption through the passion of the Lord. But if I could go back, because I went off the rails there with the, with the soapbox commentary about Palm Sunday, You're forgot allowed. to, the passion tide. You know, I was starting to define that. And, and I'm reading this from elatea.org, great website, by the way. 
it's kind of like the joy of the joy of Easter is almost here. But before that, we must accompany Christ through his passion, in his passion. And it says, traditionally, the final two weeks of Lent in the Roman Rite are used as an immediate preparation for the sorrowful events of the Easter drama. It is a period of time to focus more and more on the passion and death of Jesus and to accompany him on his way to Calvary. For several centuries, this fifth Sunday of Lent, which we had yesterday, was known as Passion Sunday and marked the beginning of a special subseason called Passion Tide, which extended up until Holy Saturday. During this time, the church's liturgy became more somber and a sorrowful mood was reflected in the various practices that occurred in the liturgy. The most obvious example of, of a more somber mood was the veiling of statues and images which remains an optional practice in the current Roman Missal. Now here, we, we, we've discussed it. We have very tall statues that are kind of out of reach. Uh, we, we do cover the cross on Good Friday. Oh, I believe man. we started doing that last year. I have to. You have, have to, to get up there. I have to scale the back of the. But, of the but, but we earlier, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about whether we wanted to, because we we we've thought about this. Is like okay, we have to, because you have to get special, uh, you know, fitted linens, you know, in purple nope. to cover, uh, you know, you, you just think about our vestibule alone. You have the Sacred Heart, which is probably the easiest of all of them. But then to scale, get a ladder, yep. cover Saint Therese, Saint Teresa, cover Saint Saint Anthony, Saint Anthony and then on the sides, go yeah. go to the go to the go inside to the transepts and you know cover our, our Lady of Mount Carmel, cover uh, Saint, Saint Joseph, Joseph, then cover the Infant of Prague, cover Our Lady of Charity, and I know it will drive my people nuts because we are not you know may a lot of people probably would remember that, yep. but it's 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 an optional practice and you know something will contemplate so don't be surprised if. Yeah. A year, you know, maybe one of these years, you, you'll find it. You know, you'll find them covered, and and people would be asking questions. Yep. Uh, but and that's the beauty of it. And, yeah. And when we covered the crucifix last year, uh, that's the first time we've done that. At in the at at minimum in the ten years I've been here, mm-hmm. that's the first time we covered the crucifix. It's difficult to and, cover that one. Oh yeah. yeah, tell me about it. I'm <laughs> I'm the one scaling the back of the Reredos. Um, it but it's even for the Good Friday liturgy you know, to. To walk into the church and see it covered, you know, that we're not used to seeing, it was it was startling. You know, and, and to your point, you know, it led to questions. You know, why is that being covered? What what's the point mm-hmm. of this? You know, and that becomes a beautiful catechetical moment. Uh, you know, not just not just for for you as a priest, you know, ne- preaching necessarily, but but for anyone, you know, who who does a quick search. You know, why is the why is the cross covered, or why are the statues covered? Right, and, and and then Passion Sunday, which is like I said, it's now called Palm Sunday, the Lord's Passion. Palm Sunday was called was called in the old, old liturgy the second Sunday of Passion Tide. It's like you entered a new season. It is on this day that the Passion narrative is read, the longest gospel of the entire year. The church beckons us on Palm Sunday to look toward the cross and see Christ's immense immense love for us, sacrificing Himself for our sins. It is a preview of what is to come on Good Friday, and then. Listen to what was just said. The focus, the church beckons us on Palm Sunday to look toward the cross and see Christ's immense love for us. Not on palms, to the cross. Oh, but Father, I'm making cross palms. Which, by the way, I've never mastered because I've never been in the pews to do that. <laughs> you know, when I was a child, I, well, know, I just We'll kept... have a tutorial here in the no, office for you. No, <laughs> I'm fine. People, but trust me, people give me palms, you know, palm crosses all the time when they're walking out of church. Thank you, and I, and I keep them... You know my desk, or, or or keep them somewhere, keep them in the car. It is. I understand the beauty of it. There is a lot of superstition attached to that, just like there's a lot of superstition attached to the ashes yep. on Ash Wednesday. And we have to kind of like, and it is a catechetical moment, because listen, and 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 I'll say this about my last parish: the the first year I was there for Passion for Passion Sunday for Palm Sunday was. Uh, Crazy. We had we had had a huge event the night before, so I was a little late getting you know getting going that morning, and I wasn't present at the first mass. And I got up right before the, the second mass of the morning, and I walk out my house and I look towards the church, and there's a line coming out of my church. I go, "Was well, the church locked?" But it was a line like if it was you know, I'll say it. It looked like a line out of Havana where they're getting in line for rice, and I walk over there and I hear people gripe. Father, in 20 years, this has never happened. I'm like, what's going on? There's no problem. I go, 
course there is. We would order 10,000 palms. And the ushers forgot where the palms were. <laughs> I go, they're in that room that's air-conditioned right over there. And so they, and people were still not satisfied because they just wanted to go in there and get grab their palms. Their palm. yeah. Grab their palms. I mean, they, thankfully, they stayed for the oh, entire man. mass. They stayed because, you know, if you, if you do the ashes and Ash Wednesday right after the homily, they'll leave right yeah, after the, the homily. So we wait until the end here in this parish. But the point that I'm trying to make and that the church tries to make is that, yes, while the palm is a good sacramental, eh, you know, a good reminder of that we welcome Jesus into Jerusalem, but it's also a reminder that people carrying those palms yep. were the same people that were crying, were crying out crucify him. I think we just basically did our whole show for next Monday. So we could just can this and re-air it there, next there we week. Uh, you know, no, but we got we got a lot of we Holy have plenty, Week to cover. We got plenty of material. So <laughs> we got Holy Thursday to get into. Yeah, we'll get into all of that. That'll be fun. So to finish this up, Palm Sunday, you know, we just heard three powerful gospels the last three weeks. You know, no one condemns us. We enter now into this time of, of the Passion Tide, into this time of the, that the church calls us to meditate more intensely upon the passion of the Lord. And that should spur us into, you know what, look at what Jesus did to me, did for me, and what he will do to me if I repent, as we were called to do at the beginning of Lent on Ash Wednesday, if I submit to conversion, if I accept this invitation to go to confession. Saturday morning, we'll be there. Holy Wednesday, a lot of us, a lot, I'm talking priests, will be there. There's no excuse. Go to confession. Receive the mercy that this woman received. No one condemns you. Sin no more. Yes! Yes! The you! The you! The you! A running back. Wow. That's your fiance's boy. Exactly. It's you a no-brainer. He's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> that guy just... No, but... Just... No. Get out of here. What was that last night? Did you know the Grammys were yesterday? No. No, no I didn't. No one slapped each I mean, other I, on stage, I, I, so... I do vaguely remember them being announced... Uh, <laughs> The week before? If there's an award show and no one gets slapped in the face. Did it actually happen? Did it actually happen? I mean, they're still talking about this thing. <laughs> yes, they are. You know, I go I go on news websites and there's, and then there's process stories and essays and, oh. and, and what does this mean about society and what what are the sociological ramifications? It is, at the end, is it the end of the award it's show? Crazy. Oh, let's just talk about sports. I don't want to talk about this let's anymore. Let's do it. We got, we got uh, quite a, lot a, of, quite a, a lot rundown of, here. No, a, a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, the tournament. Okay, we're done with our pool because it's over. no one in our it's pool picked over. the championship. I believe South Carolina, congratulations to them. They won the Women's National Championship last night. Handily. Uh, Connecticut. Yep. Uh, by the way, Sue Bird and um, and Diana Taurasi did a kind of like a Manning cast type yeah. deal on ESPN2. I, I watched it for like 15 minutes last night. That's why I forgot that there was a Grammy. There was, there was, a, there was. A, I watched bits and pieces of that game, but they they did a great job. They're very, very charismatic, and they had LeBron. I made LeBron look likable. So that's, a, that's <laughs> sorry, that's quite to. a feat. I had to. <laughs> but um, so so South Carolina. So you the UM women's team lost to the eventual national champion, and I truly believe that the UM's men's team lost to what will be the eventual national champion tonight. Yep. Kansas, Kansas plays. Looks- uh, they're they're playing. I mean, they, they were shot out of a cannon out of the locker room yep. and for the second half of the UM game. Have not have come down. Yep. North Carolina, though, we dropped North Carolina here at the whatever it's called now, the Watsco Center. Watsco Center. Yep. Uh, and who would have seen this coming? And to end Coach K's, uh, they beat him in the last game yep. in Cameron. His last game in Cameron, then beat him in the national semifinal. Man. If he didn't like Carolina now, before, yeah. he really doesn't like him yeah. now. But the pool is over. Congratulations uh, to our, our vice principal. Back-to-back. Back-to-back, Gloria Marty. Didn't didn't pick the champion. No one picked either she was, of the she was two kind of now. She was a dark horse there, hanging out. No, but she was she was in the first days of the tournament, she was leading consistently. Yeah. 
And but in know, these in these last uh, few rounds, she I was ha- she was hanging around like seven or eight, and I, then I handed her prize over to her. Picked up 160 points on the Kansas win, and okay. So Saturday, you text me something that I thought was you were lying to me. You text me out of the blue. The Panthers won. The yes, <laughs> that the, was so. We were down six two. We were down six two going into the second intermission. Mm-hmm. It was like a twelve thirty game. I I thought it was. It a re- was I thought it was games, a replay. There were two games this weekend. They were both. They were both early. Yeah. Was that Saturday? It was yeah, Saturday. Yeah, it was Saturday. Saturday. I was doing. I had back to back weddings at one and three. So we're down six two going into the second intermission. I know the team can score, but I'm like, we're down four. They look terrible in the second period. Mm-hmm. So I said, all right, forget this. Uh, I need to go do the lawn and work and work on the house. So I turn it off and go take care of everything. And I come, yeah, I saw, I saw the score. This between between weddings, I saw the score. Yeah. I go, oh, forget this. So I come back and I to cool off and I turn on the TV and it's the post game and, <laughs> and we've won seven to six. Yeah. I, I saw, I saw the recap of it and I'm like, and I'm going, wow. what? Yeah. We did what? Exactly. And what then, a, that's, this is a danger. I like this team. Man. And then, this and then yesterday, team. you know, quick turnaround going from, I believe yeah, it went from to Jersey back. to Buffalo and beat Buffalo. Buffalo almost came back there yeah. at the end and they shut and the Panthers just shut the door at the end. Yeah. But there was a concern. We clinched a playoff spot yesterday. But I talked to our resident hockey analyst, CJ, which who ha- we will Wait, have on, we'll have back on soon. before when the Stanley Cup playoffs begin. I, I talked to him and I talked to Joe yesterday. Actually, I talked to Joe more than I talked to CJ. And I'm like, I'm worried about our goaltending. I'm worried about it because there's one thing you need in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and it's a, it's a hot goalie. Yeah. And right now, we're going between our two goalies. And, yeah. and you know, I, I'm not happy. I mean, yes, can we score in bunches? Of, Yes, we can. We lead the league in scoring. Yep. Uh, we're by a, by a long shot. So we clinch the spot. Want to get that top? You know, home ice really doesn't mean anything in, in the Stanley Cup we're, playoffs. We're two points out of uh, what was it Colorado? Colorado has a they're they they I think they were one hundred four. One hundred four. We're at one hundred two. One hundred two. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's do that. Heat had a very good week. Thanks to us. Thanks to our nuns. That's right. We went last Monday. And we made it on only in Dade. Only in Dade. <laughs> the Instagram account that chronicles all crazy things in Dade. Somebody in the section right next to us, you know, I, I had all the sisters sitting in, in, and thank you to the Heat for upgrading us from the 400 section to down to the, the lower bowl. We we're sitting right by the ramp on the top of the lower bowl. And, you know, all the sisters were sitting, and then we had to leave for halftime because the kids were performing at halftime in the East Plaza. And so when we're getting up, somebody, you know, videos yeah. us leaving. <laughs> and it looked like, a, you know, the scene from Sister Act when all the sisters are in Reno and they're running across the street in the middle of Reno trying to go rescue Whoopi Goldberg's yeah. character. And it look, and I said to them, this looks like us. And they've and all we, seen... We had the Carmelites from Carol, too. We had so two Carmelites from Carol, uh, yeah. The whole gang. No, because Sister Margaret Ann, she's a celebrity yeah. for the heat. She was... When they were in the bubble, went to the finals. Remember, they would take super fans yep. and place them on the screens behind the scorer's table. And Sister Margaret Ann was one of them. And remember, she's she's the one that... She's Chainsaw Nun. Yeah, Chainsaw Nun. And she... And they... When we had Kendrick Nunn, they, they were like, let's go Nunn because of, yeah. you know, Nunn, the play on words. And uh, they, she still thought we had Kendrick. No, sister, we don't. Uh, <laughs> we don't have him anymore. But uh, they, they, were, they had a blast. They left at halftime because they get up at 4.45 in the morning. So, but, it was a, but that started a great week. We, right. you know, we, beat, uh, we beat Boston in a huge game. Uh, I believe it was last Wednesday. A Milwaukee lost yesterday. So we've kind of like opened up that, that, a little more of a gap. On the top, but they 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 played they played well, and and then on Saturday Ashley's not here, but she had won yeah. that sweepstakes to Chicago. We talked about uh, when she was on the on the podcast uh, two weeks ago, yep. and she went to Chicago, and and we dropped the Bulls. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, she thoroughly enjoyed her time in Chicago. She got in at three o'clock, and God bless her, she's she was bright and early at work this morning. So that was the Heat Panthers clinch, and this week, Ari and I are like. Opening day, yay! Should have been last Thursday. That's right. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. It's, it's this. Uh, no, Thursday's opening day. The the Marlins don't open we up open until Friday, Friday yeah. four o'clock against the Giants in San Francisco. Oh, man, no, we made a trade. Yeah, you told me about that last <laughs> time. I'm like, we did. I'm like, what? And you said, and you and you said who it was. I go, I go, who? It was between Baltimore. I go, oh yeah, the poor taken from the poor. Well, evidently these guys are are closer now. We don't. Yeah, it, it didn't dawn on me. We don't. I don't even have remember a his name right. It's Sol, 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 I something like that. But I, I had heard of Tanner Scott before. No, I I, I had no left-handed pitcher, mm, but no, I I recognize let, the name. 
I, Jorge, I, couldn't, I couldn't tell you. Being the Marlins super fan that you are, are you satisfied with the roster of our team? Not, uh, no, I See, still, just I, answered wish, the question. I wish we had a, a true center fielder. When I saw, you know. I the, wish we had a true center MLB fielder. MLB Network aired uh, SNY's uh, broadcast of the Mets um, Marlins game yesterday spring training. And when Sterling Marte comes up in a Mets uniform, I was so upset because all you had to do, I mean, fine, if you want to get him a rental, you know, get some pieces back, rent him to Oakland last year, and then get him back. back. That's fine. I had no problem with that, but sign him back because that was the only true center fielder. And that man was such a leader in the clubhouse. That man, I saw him on spring training, you know, because a, a runner tried to score, you know, and he legged out a single into a double. Yep. This is spring training. He doesn't need to be going 100 miles an hour, and yet yep. he was. What an example for young kids in that clubhouse. Yep. When I saw we had traded with Baltimore, I, I held my breath to see if Cedric Mullins was included in there, but um, not, yeah, to, it, not to be. We basically that traded. Guy's a walking web gem. No, no. Fielder. Yeah, he is. But we traded for uh, Cole Sulcer and the South Park Tanner, Tanner Scott. Uh, so the, they. They, in order to make room, they designated right-hander Nick Needed for assignment. How many times has that kid been yeah. designated for assignment? Uh, basically, our, our entire roster, or who did, has not been designated for assignment? Isan Diaz is still in the organization. How? Because no one claimed him. So he was designated. Oh. He was de- he's, he's, Which means he's going to make an appearance again. <laughs> At some point, he's going to make an appearance. Um, There's hope for Monday morning homilist. And... <laughs> no, it's, which we... we, we, we it was lambasted him two weeks ago after one spring training I appearance. Was, I thought he was finally gone, and uh, no, no. he's still around. 29 other clubs know something we apparently can't get a clue about. Yeah. I mean, nothing against the poor kid. I'm sure he's trying his hardest, but it's like at some point you have to show yeah. some production, and it's not there. But the reason why I asked you that question, are you satisfied with the roster? Bruce I'm, Sherman said very indicting words, and Greg Cody wrote about it in the Herald last week. We have the money, we'll spend the money. Yep. Yeah. Where? I, I appreciate, why is Castellanos playing for, for Philly? Yep. I appreciate the the bats we brought in because we needed we needed some pop. No, but, so Laird, uh, yeah, Garcia, great. But uh, this line about there, you know, I it's not what we could have gotten, yep. especially when you could have retained or brought back Marte, yep. and there's your center fielder. If Marte was in that lineup, I'd be, I'm good. Yep. I'm good. With Soler in, in, in left mm. and Jesus Sanchez in right, I'm good. And then you have, thankfully, you have the DH, and Aguilar hit a bomb of a home run oh, into, the, into wind the wind yesterday. It was a stiff wind coming out of left field, and he hit it into left oh, field. what a swing. And a great Man. swing. I, I think that 99 that he switched to, yeah. giving him some, <laughs> some more pop, which is more than necessary. But I'm, I'm not totally, no. uh, just like I'm not totally satisfied a, with I, the Yankees roster. I, I don't like, know what we're doing uh, at catching. I like the flexibility that Maddenly has with, with the pieces. Well, because you have the DH and it gives you more flexibility. But, you know. But we'll see. What, we'll we'll see. see what happens. Now, last week, big event on Friday. We had the World Cup draw. I forgot about it. <laughs> we were, I mean, I, I said, Jorge, I'm going to the house to watch the yeah, World no, Cup draw. I, well, I had, to, I had to pick up the kids That's, for early dismissal and then yeah. take them home and get them down. So, so when I finally turned, I got to see the last two teams Hey, land in listen, you, the first 40, it took 46, <laughs> Father Omar and I, we, we went over because we had lunch, and we had lunch in front of the TV, which obviously we don't recommend, but, you know, this is, a, you know, quadrennial event, so yep. let's, let you know, let's, we sat there, we had lunch, and watched this, but 46 minutes, it was just like, blah, 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 let's yeah. introduce the FIFA president, introduce to the head of Qatar, let's introduce this person, that person, all these, you know, these eight football luminaries that, thankfully, Father Omar knew most of them, and like, I'm like, who are these who? guys? <laughs> I mean, I think I recognized one, you know, but uh, we drew into Group B with England, Iran, excuse me, the Islamic Republic of Iran, and uh, whoever wins uh, between Ukraine, Scot- uh, Ukraine, Scotland play, and whoever wins that plays Wales for the chance that's gonna to be go. A, that's going to be a dangerous team. Uh, Wales, well, Ukraine Playing never with seen that, with that with national pride. Yeah, just, absolutely. Oof, and that would be, and that's our first match, November 21st. That, that's going to be our first match. Whoever wins that European playoff. I would not want to play Ukraine. But what matters is that we clinched. Last Monday we were here after we, we had drubbed Panama. And I like, I, like the, I like the groups, though. There's no, like, clear there's cut, no, there's no group, like, of, group death. of death. It's, no. it's pretty the one that, solid. 
the one that uh, like you didn't want to go into that one was Spain and Germany, but they have Japan and I believe the Intercontinental Playoff winner of the Costa Rica Oceania winner. Um, Belgium, Canada, Morocco, Croatia. Canada's playing well. Let's see what if that translates to the World Cup. Portugal, Ghana, Uruguay. Ghana always plays well in the mm-hmm. World Cup. That's going to be interesting. Group A. Group A is like, can, I, can we draw into Group A? Because it's obviously always the host nation. If it's a weak host nation like Qatar, uh, they have the Netherlands who were the World Cup runner-up some years ago. Didn't make the World Cup last time. Well, Group B plays Group A in the yeah, second round. in the second round. So Ecuador's in there. Is he shout-out? And Senegal, who's been playing great as an African champion and also beat Egypt in another um, in another uh, penalty shootout. And Nigeria, poor Nigeria, lost to Ghana. They were at home, and they lost to Ghana at home. Well, they didn't lose. It was a draw but because Ghana scored an away yeah. goal. The aggregate goes, and the tiebreaker goes to them. But I was watching that with Father Steve. He's like, no, our manager's no good. And <laughs> apparently there were riots afterwards. You know, oh, they take wow. this very seriously. Wow. You know, it's like, it's the World Cup. But... Looking forward to that in November. Should be in the summer, but it and should not be in Qatar. But that's another story for another day. There's a lot going on. Oh, we got Thanksgiving, uh, post Thanksgiving. Post no, Thanksgiving, it, it's, we got it's the you week. Got, you can choose between. Uh, no, it's a week up. It's the Monday of Thanksgiving that it starts. I know. So, so post Thanksgiving dinner, you can choose between American football or football. No, but this is happening. In the, <laughs> this is happening in the morning though. Five a.m. <laughs> are the first games. They but they did some they, since Qatar's so small, they don't have to fly between. Between venues like yeah. Brazil or United States, when it happens in four years, you got to fly between Seattle and Miami. You know, so what they're doing is uh, what they did on Friday was they they kind of adjusted the times to have the teams play in a time that is you know more agreeable to the country. Nice. So as people back home, nice. all our games, all our group games are at two p.m., nice. which is great. We have a two p.m. game against England on Black Friday. You know, so all right, let's do the you know. Throw the tea party again. Overthrow our tyrannical Let's go. royal overlord. Let's go. God bless the queen, though. <laughs> Anyways, that's uh, anything else in sports that we missed? We got who do you, um, li- who do you like tonight? You got you like Kansas? Or you like you like Carolina? Let's see. No man, Kansas. The way Kansas is playing, Carolina. I mean, th- that was a, an epic game with Duke. Duke playing so well. it was back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and then. But you said last it last. Minute. You said it last week that. They're, they're going to be drained. They have to be. I mean, it's still the national title. You're going to show up for Carolina, the national title yeah. game. But, it's a short turnaround. But turn that takes a short turn. I mean, Kansas has three hours on them, basically. A rivalry a, a game rest. like that is... Uh, and it's a rivalry. It took a lot out of them. But they had. But Kansas they, ran away with it. So they, he, they, they had three hours. But No, and they also had rest during the game yeah, because yeah. they weren't playing. Probably weren't. I didn't watch the game. I was yep. hearing confessions. That but, was done by halftime. You know, that, was, that, that game was totally done. And I, and I expected more out of Villanova. Uh, oh, they were down their best guy. By, I had to mention South Carolina, which outscored, you know, I think scored 60, 68 points against uh, Connecticut yesterday. Yep. UM held them to 49. Yep. So props to our UM women's team and to our men's team. It was uh, uh, Wayne has it outside of Duffy's, you know, March Madness. Well done, UM. And nice. yes, we continue to celebrate them going to Elite. A little sting is off what happened last week. But great week in South Florida sports, uh, except for... The team that shall not be named that plays in 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 a city that is not the city that it is on their uniform. <laughs> I saw bits and pieces of their game on on Saturday night. I'm talking about Inter Miami, of course. You know, you talk about Taylor Torn. What are they doing? What are they doing? I mean, the only goal they scored was on a PK. I mean, it's just bad soccer. It's just, I mean, add you know during commercials the Carolina game would switch over. When I got home on Saturday on Saturday night, I was like, and and. And God bless the fans. It was delayed by two hours because of the thunderstorm, and they stayed. God bless those fans. I would have bolted. My goodness. I've, I've forgotten they existed, so thank you for the reminder. Inter-Miami. Yeah. They, well, they're still around? They're, still, they're, they're, <laughs> no, they're, they're not around here. They're playing in Fort Lauderdale. Francis, get the stadium deal done so we can get a stadium done here. You know, hook it up with the UM so we can get a stadium for both. There we go. Hey. Hey, hook it up with UM. UM spring practice coming up, you know. In but, Fort Lauderdale. But, yeah, they're playing the game in the same state in the inner oh, i think i'm club. going i think my sister got tickets for that have fun i'll, t- I'll tell you when it when is that i think it's i want to say it's the weekend after easter or so, thereabouts i don't remember because after be, that you're kind of busy with first communion so i would i would hope it's that saturday i know it, it worked out with my calendar so i mean yeah you i mean you it used to be the um spring game was played in hard rock Stadium, but hard rock Stadium just finished 
uh, playing the, the Miami Open. Do you know who won the Miami Open, Jorge? A Spanish teenager. You, got, you know more than I do. A and Spanish teenager. I know she beat That's Naomi Osaka. Uh, the, uh, the women's, they, she beat it. I know she beat Naomi Osaka. That's the only game that I, that I, that I recognize. Uh, yes. Uh, no, it, it works out with your schedule, but it's Holy Saturday. It's this Saturday. It's the spring game. All right. I saw Coach yesterday no, after Saturday. Mass. Holy Saturday? Oh, sorry. Holy Saturday is two weeks from now. Yeah. That's fine. I'm a little off. I saw Coach yesterday after Mass. Yeah? Good, yeah. Nice. Came 30 Mass, prayed, nice. went on his way. You know, so he's ready. Bro, the, the Hurricanes hype machine. Yeah. The, their social media. Oh, you're not on social I'm media. I'm on social media. Stop. Sorry. I you take it back. Chocolate chip cookies in your in your office when you get out. I take it back. We'll talk on Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday. No, it's good. You know what? I just realized you mentioned the chocolate chip cookies. I gave up the cafeteria chocolate chip cookies because they're laced with crack. I dig, I dig. <laughs> and then they're off the week after Easter because the kids are on break. So mm-hmm. I have to suffer an extra week without you my. Know, age. You know that there are, are are many great establishments in Miami that make great chocolate yes, I know, chip cookies. But not tell Barbie. Well, the thing is that if she, the thing is that what's great about those cookies, and we promise, folks, we'll finish up now in the next minute or so. What's great about those cookies is that they're is that they're fresh. You know, we get them yes. out of the oven and they're fresh. And yes, uh, I don't know, just so, have, an extra week. So just just go on Wednesday, which is her last day. Hoard some cookies oh, and have a master tor- of Easter that's vigil. That's torture. That's torture. You put them in the sacristy, and then after mass, when we go back to the sacristy, you know, you're there, and I'll see crumbs all over your mouth and chocolate. <laughs> you know, your your cheeks are with chocolate. You know, you know, it's just crazy. But uh, but yeah, no, just do that. Let's do it. But there's plenty of plenty of places I, that sell I know, chocolate chip but cookies. Not, it's not, not those, and they have the sea salt yeah. that they put on it. It gives it a nice little. Like you're a little, it's like putting salt in your cafe con leche. It's like, there you go. So what's happening this Saturday as we close up? Saturday, we have an Easter egg hunt at 12 noon in uh, our, the priest rector, uh, in the grounds of the priest rectory. We're really, really trying to get a petting zoo. We have a beat on it. We, you know, I promised the kids a petting zoo and apparently everybody's booked. I'm, yeah, I'm over two on the inquiries I put. No, I, a little I, last minute, but so we we're put, trying. We're trying. We put Ashley on it. She, you know, Ashley usually comes But we through. do have the Easter bunny We coming. do have the Easter bunny coming. We have the Easter bunny will make an appearance. Uh, and uh, obviously we have the Easter egg hunt. It's a great day to come and take spring pictures. I look at the weather. It looks to be a very nice, Knock on nice, wood. nice day. Let's hope it stays that way. And uh, you know, so come out with your family, or you know, with your children. Put them in their Sunday best. Take your spring photos, your Easter photos, because it's going to be crazy after after Easter Sunday Mass. That's this Saturday, um, April 9th. April ninth at at twelve, 12 noon, noon on um, on. Um, on the pre in, on the lawn of the priest rectory. So, folks, go to confession. Read these the the these readings of of Passion Tide. We just had first penance this past week oh, with our, with awesome. our children. Awesome. We had powerful powerful experiences. Parents that accompany their children for first confession coming to confession. Also, we invited them. They stayed. You know, was hearing confessions for an hour after the confessions were over on on the first day on Tuesday, and um, you know. Such powerful stories of conversion that we see all around us. Be one of those stories. Accept the invitation of the Lord so that he could tell you, I do not condemn you. Go and sin no more. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.